Hello, welcome to this week's edition of Super Ad MMA Show. Today we recap the uh, fight night that we've just witnessed with Jessica Guy and Cynthia Calvillo. We also talk about the uh, UFC 251 announcements. We uh, preview the card coming up, which is the Blades Volkov card. We talk about hedgehog houses and bling and much, much more. So stay tuned. Welcome back to this week's edition of Jack and Mel's Super Red MMA Show. I, as always, am Jack Aaron Stoops, joined by my brother, Mel Brown. How's it going, brother? Very good. Um, it was a beautiful Monday morning. Um, made myself quite a nice breakfast for a change, because usually uh, I think you're the same. Not really a breakfast person. No, not known for eating a lot of breakfast. Well, I mean, I love breakfast food, but just very rarely make it, sort of maybe have a bit of cereal if I'm, if I'm pressed, but today I made toasted tortillas with bacon and avocado. That sounds delicious. Pretty calorific though with that tortilla wrap. I only had one, so one tortilla is <laughs> fine. That's not too bad. And you know Obviously, what, put a wee bit of uh, Pyrenees, Nando's Pyrenees in it, and it made all the difference. It would do. Give it that flavour and sugar. Exactly. Give it that pop. I need that. Needed to get going in the morning. Well, we have to have to actually give a shout out to something um, to raise money here. Um, I start running 100 miles in 30 days today, um, which we'll put a link up on our Facebook and Twitter uh, to where you can donate. It is for the Alzheimer's Society, which is obviously a great cause. So I think, well, to- today's run, I'll probably do. A mile and a half, two miles, and then I'll be up running with you this evening. Um, and we'll do the other 97, 98 miles tonight. Yeah. Just, might, ra- might, just rattle it out. Might damage my times running with you, but uh, I'm not so worried about that. Oh, wow, just want to wow, get wow. the miles done. Yeah, it's just about getting it done. It's not a race. Not a race. No, no, it's not. Um, I have no idea that- how people run for enjoyment. I just don't. Um. I mean, I don't enjoy the actual process of running, but I enjoy after. Like, you feel better, you know, and obviously... You keep saying this to me. I'm just waiting for that waiting for that nice Dude, feeling to happen. You were saying that, like, you've been sleeping like a baby after it, so don't give me that. Oh, yeah, I'm sleeping because I'm exhausted. Yeah, but that's the benefit. You sleep well. Yeah. Yeah. That's not enough I don't, to trade off. I don't like, well, and you'll lose weight, and you'll just be healthier and probably live a longer life if you keep it up. Um, so there's some pretty good stuff going on there. Like, yeah, it's subjective. Some people, subjective. Some people, like some people it. don't want to live, some people don't want to live long. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And being bigger is better. <laughs> it's uh, it's like brushing my teeth. I don't like, do you enjoy brushing your teeth? No, no. so I don't do it anymore. Do, do you hate it? No, you just sort of do it, and that's what running's like for me. But I'm sort of. I don't want to say nervous because that's not the right word, but like I am worried about thirty days of three miles. Like that's a lot of impact on a larger gentleman. It's a lot of impact on anyone, that alone. You know, uh, someone who that's why hundred kilos. You should just do four separate twenty-five mile runs and just have lots of recovery just, time just in between. Four marathons. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, doing that uh, raising money for a good cause, which is awesome. So. Yeah, there's not a great deal of MMA talk this week. Obviously, on the podcast, this will be full of MMA talk uh, because we'll break down both uh, the card that just happened and the card that's coming up, the Blades Volkov card. But in terms of news, not a lot. No, seems to be fairly quiet. 
congratulations to Johnny Nunez for impregnating Misha Tate. Um, she now has another bambino that was born a day or two ago. There you go. I mean, so this, this is how this is how slow the news is. Congratulations, retired fighter, on having. Is this her second baby? Yeah. Well, you I mean you say retired fighter? She's also kind of an icon of the sport. Oh yeah. It's not like it's not like we're like. Uh, congratulations to Dakota Manning on getting married <laughs> or something. That like is something a isn't very relevant. obscure reference. Um. Yeah, or right. not Dakota Manning, Dakota Cochran. I was about to say Dakota Manning is that not an actor? He's he's an, or or actress or an NFL player or something. I don't know. I don't know. Well, well, it, not in MMA anyway. Well, there you go. That's how that's how thin the news is. Congratulations <laughs> yeah. to this random actor on having a child, <laughs> which we just made up. Uh, consensus decided a female MMA goat Amanda Nunes has released a statement uh, to Esporte Espectacular. Which is a great name. Sporte for, uh, Spectacular. Yeah, she's apparently considering walking away from the sport. You kind of called this. Um, yeah, there's nothing left. No, there, there really isn't. Like, she, I don't know. She'd be sitting out a good while before someone emerges as a as a clear challenger and with a a baby on the way. Um, what's the point? But I now get the vibe that like she's not going to. It would have been a bigger, bigger deal made out of it, not just a, you know like a passing comment to a to a reporter. Oh, I'm thinking about it because I've done everything. I think you'll probably see her once or twice more. Yeah, I would say so. If they can get the fights lined up, I mean, there's a couple of interesting ones at bantamweight. There's not a lot at featherweight at all. And featherweight probably, doesn't exist. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna match her with Megan Anderson. I saw her calling for that. Oh my god! Please no. Yeah, not gonna go well. Like um, I like Megan Anderson. But I would literally. It's like a violation of duty of care to put Megan Anderson in there with her. She would get annihilated. She'd get marked in the first round. Yeah. Um. UFC 251 happening on Fight Island, and the card so far is absolutely ridiculous. So we'll give quick thoughts and predictions on the card. Obviously, we'll have a full breakdown close to the time. So if you haven't, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes. Make sure you are subscribed wherever the hell you find podcasts. And if you're not doing your due diligence and spreading the word of the podcast, then get on it. Tag your friends, etc. Um, first fight's being confirmed, Amanda Rebus, or Amanda Hebus. Amanda Hebus. I think Amanda Hebas is going to batter Paige Van. Well, this is the the biggest fight on the card, easily. <laughs> it even yeah. made its way onto the poster, which is odd. Well, it is and it isn't. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, Paige Van Sant's going to get, like you said, battered. Um, Hebas is good. Paige Van Sant has. Yeah, Paige Van Zandt has shown that she's all right, UFC level. She's an average fighter um, at best, but very marketable. Um, but she has spent a lot of time out with... She seems to keep breaking her arm over and over and over. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think this is the last fight in her contract as well. She'd be an interesting one if the UFC were like, mm, okay, on your merry way. Not gonna happen. No. Um, she, well, I suppose. Well, her husband's in Bellator, so 
I mean, if she can't re-sign with them or, you know, doesn't want to, they can't force her, um, she could end up there. Her husband is someone I'd like to see in the UFC. Yeah, can we not just swap them? Be a good trade. It would be a good trade. Good trade. Next fight up, Jessica, Jessica Andrade and Ruz Nami Yunus. Um, I think I favor Nami Yunus. Yeah. Um, well, when, from when they fought before up until it was over, Nami Yunus showed that she was like a far more technical, refined striker. Uh, she just got bulldozed physically, um, which I suppose is still a threat. But she's been out a long time as this one. This is a year and a half since the first one. The thing is, though, like obviously, we like the more technically minded fans will know exactly what was going on there. She was playing the Kimura trap to protect, defend against the takedown. Um, um, the problem was she didn't let go. Um, you know, had she let go, she'd probably have been fine. Yeah, well, I mean. That's not to take away from Andrade. No, 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 no. Shit like that happens. Like Andrade meant to slam her. Just worked out well for her. You would imagine if they fought 10 times, you probably swing, what, 7 to 3 in Namajunas' favor. Yeah, and then around that for sure. I think from Andrade, it would need like a big explosive movement or a big one punch sort of shot. And I think Rose will piece her up and tire her. Slowly, yeah. Um, and Traj, um, she's good on the ground. I think she's rudimentary on the feet, but she's a bit of a bulldozer. Um, hasn't fought in a while either, and obviously didn't look great at all. Um, losing the title, mm-hmm. it's weird booking, I think, because it's sort of what kind of makes sense, though. I don't know, like. I've said this to you before about about Rose. I'm just not overly fussed about seeing her fight once a year and she only fights the same people on two-year cycles. Do you know what I mean? So last four th- years, she'll have fought two people. I think that's been or three circumstance years. to an extent, though. And this fight, you know, was going to be rebooked at the time and then Rose was injured and blah, blah, blah. And Drash took the fight with Wei Li Zhang, you know. I think it's just circumstance, but I think this fight makes sense because if Rose wins, she's right back <clears> in the mix. Well, I suppose with the title changing hands and it not being with Joanna, um, Weili Zhang versus Rose is a fresh matchup. Um, I just think it's risky because if Andrade wins, then yeah, you, you, can't, you can't put Andrade back in there yet. Like She would need to win a handful more. And you've taken away a fresh matchup in Rose. Um, I think Rose is the favourite, but it's in no way guaranteed. You know, no. I think this is this is a fairly close fight, but I favour Rose. Um, Bantamweight title bout up, up next: Jose Aldo versus Peter Yan. Um, the I disrespect don't... floating about Jose Aldo is shocking, to be honest. Uh, he's going to win. I'm picking him to win. I just. Peter Jan is very good. I just... I, like, But this is Jose Aldo. Like, the idea that he's just going to run through Jose Aldo is is crazy. It is. What, based off on what? Destroying Uriah Faber? 
Like it's it's two it's two good wins in the UFC are Jimmy Rivera and John Dodson, and both of those are great wins. Jimmy Rivera's maybe been exposed as to not being I don't know, as high level as he as originally thought. Although saying that, I mean he's only lost to Marais, Sterling and Jan, and Sterling's just continued to look better. Um so maybe yeah, maybe that one's a bit harsh. I'll I'll take that back. But um that was a super competitive fight, and Rivera had had moments where he looked better than Jan, and vice versa. I just, I'm, he is great. I'm just not all aboard this ridiculous hype train yet. This is Jose Aldo he's fighting. It's very little to base it off. Yeah, it's not saying that he couldn't, you know. And if he does, well, then obviously he is legit. And then, but just. People writing off Jose Aldo is is crazy, crazy. Um, I'm yeah, like you, I'm picking him to win this fight. Yep, same. I think that people sleep on him um, for some crazy reason. All well, I mean, it's because of the Holloway fights, but Holloway also the other contender for greatest <clears throat> of all time at featherweight. So it's ludicrous. Speaking yeah, I of think which, ever since you're absolutely right. Ever since those Holloway fights, every single fight he's had since. People have been like, ah, he's done. Ah, he's past it. He hasn't looked hasn't looked bad in any of them. No. And Holloway just has his number, you know, like Yeah, Holloway's that, a guy who is also moving up probably eventually. You know, or well, I mean he has challenged for the for the lightweight title. Mm-hmm. Granted it was interim. Whereas Jose Aldo's been going the other direction. And the youth on the side, you know, like you I just, he's lost a, you know, on his last two losses, the Marais one, Marais is right in the mix, and you can say whatever you want about, you know, unjust booking, and I would agree with you to a sense that he shouldn't be getting a fight coming off, you know, a loss technically, but you could argue very convincingly that he beat Marais, mm-hmm. uh, and what his other losses, he lost to Volkanovski, who beat Max Holloway. So, yeah, he only loses to super elite fighters. And what before that would go all the way back to Connor. I suppose the Connor one just damaged his reputation. It really did. It really did. But um, people just the run up to Connor is ridiculous, and like I like underestimated. I liken the Connor fight to Uriah Hall and Guy Musasi, where it's I it's not luck because he meant to throw it. Um, but you run that fight a hundred times, that happens once. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that Aldo would have won the other ninety nine. Yeah. But I think that I would I would have that five and five out of ten fights. But a one in a hundred to go down like that. Oh yeah, it was lightning in a bottle, that, that so finish. I, I it's like, a tough one. It's an iconic moment in the sport, but at the same time I really would have actually have liked to have seen more. More, yeah. Same. Uh, Comian, Alexander Volkanovsky, Max Holloway. I think I favour Holloway. I... I don't know. This one... This one's close. I thought Volkanovsky figured Holloway out. and As the rounds went on. Well, I think the opposite. I think they figured him out early. And I think, no, I'd have to go back and rewatch it, so this could be entirely wrong, and I'm pulling from memory. Um, 
But I thought Holloway came on strong at the end and maybe won like the last round or two. But Volkanovski just had too much of a lead by then. Um, it was leg kicks, which yeah. just took away Holloway's movement. He, Holloway seemed like he had just became a bit too reliant on boxing and standing in boxing range because, I mean, he's had such success with it. You know, he pushed Dustin Poirier all the way with it. He obviously took Brian Ortega's soul mm-hmm. with it. Um, that was the range, like we just said. He did, you know, excelled against Jose Aldo. But I just think Volkanovski, you know, being the smaller, stouter man, um, just took away the movement, took away the legs, and just built up a lead that the Holloway couldn't get back. So tough fight to call because you would think Holloway would obviously have picked up on that and made tactical adjustments. But at the same time, Volkanovski could come with a new plan. I... Well, how does how does Holloway beat Volkanovski? By making the adjustments, um, avoiding the leg kicks, more switching of stances. He did that a lot, but it was more out of like, ow. <laughs> um, I think yeah. that by, you know, <clears throat> shifting um, on his way in and giving Volkanovski more to think about. I also think that, you know, Holloway has a fairly good kicking game when he uses it. True. Um, so I think that if Holloway could utilize some kicks as well, maybe to impede Volkanovski's movement. Um, I'll be honest, a lot of it's just gut. I just think Holloway is that good that, you know, he'll have learned a lot from that fight. Mm. And, but you is, know, if you look at is the Volkanovski down, not that good? Because I'm starting to swing that way is. now. Like, I think I th- he's. I think he is, but I think that you hit the nail on the head where, like, you know, about figuring him out. It's like, I think they figured out the Holloway they knew was going to come into that fight and they game-planned perfectly for it. It's something City Kickboxing are very good at. Mm. But I don't know. Like, if Holloway comes in the same way he did he did in that fight, I think the fight looks very, very, very similar. But I have a feeling Holloway will have made big changes um, in the way he's going to game-plan for this. And it will be, I suppose for me, it'll be... I'll then like I'll I'll decide just how good Volkanovski is. Well, not because he is very good. I'm not saying he's not, but I'll decide is he that fucking absolute elite level beast, you know, or was it really good game planning and a great fighter that won it? You know, if if Holloway comes out with a different look and Volkanovski figures it out, adjusts and beats him again, well, m- fucking fair play to him. But I think Holloway has a bigger bag of tricks, and I don't think he dove that deep into it. I don't. I think. Holloway's game has become very centric on one aspect, and that is pitter patter pressure boxing, and that and that's not going to work. He doesn't have a takedown threat against someone like Volkanovski. No, I don't mean a bigger bag of tricks than Volkanovski, because I'd favour Volkanovski's wrestling over Holloway's. Mm. I mean a bigger bag of tricks than he shows, like as in he has a bigger bag of tricks than he he showed in that fight because as you say he relied very heavily on his boxing and I think that's something that this fight he may rely less on I'd like to see him throw more kicks he also has elite level cardio Volkanovski did you know did great over five rounds but I think the pace was towards the end of the fight was definitely wearing on Volkanovski slightly more than Holloway he was still fine like you know yeah. but I think that there there are avenues that Holloway can go down to make changes that, that ultimately could sway what's happening. 
I just think Volkanovski has more ways to win. I think, like I said, he's got the wrestling advantage. Um, he doesn't have to worry about the takedown threat from Max. Being the smaller, physically stronger guy as well, be hard for Max to shoot in if it goes against the cage and the clinch. It's about even because obviously, you know, Volkanovski could take away the space and get in close and hold him against the cage and make it that grinding sort of effect if he wanted to. And Holloway has that sort of, you know, he's longer and leaner, you know, more and could, you know, use a more traditional like striking clinch, Anderson Silva style. Mm-hmm. I think just out in the open, I don't think Holloway striking will be able to change that much that he'll be able to get inside that yeah. that kicking range and I think he's he hasn't used it enough. Like I agree, I think Holloway is a better striker than he looked in that in that last fight. I think he got maybe not yeah, maybe surprised by the game plan. But uh I think this is a I think this is a razor thin fight again. I think this goes to full five. And uh, I'll say I'll lean towards Volkanovsky, but I mean I think it's a Peckham. Oh, it's definitely close, but I'm I'm actually leaning Holloway. Um, main event: Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns. Teammates. Yeah, uh, interesting. I mean, who's Hen- is Henry Hooft going to corner either of them? I think no. as head coach, best thing you do there is take yourself out of the equation. Yeah. Wonder how that affects them, though. You know, not having your coach. Yeah, well, he's been in their corner their entire UFC run, both of them. That's, that's, that's what I mean. Be, yeah. It would affect you massively, I would imagine. Be interesting. I wonder do they, you know, I wonder how training's going to work. Are they training at the same place still? Are they? I favour Burns in this, to be honest, um, because we were talking about this when it was announced a week or two ago. I think the problem is, or when it was rumoured, um, Burns's striking, I think, is more varied than Usman's, right? Yep. And I also think he will he will be prepared to throw with more abandon because I don't think I think Burns is the first person that Usman's fought that he is there is zero fear about getting taken down. Um I don't know if that is true. Because I mean, we we spoke about it before with the Woodley fight. Now we all know how that went, but I just think that Burns's jiu-jitsu is obviously elite. We're not going to take anything away from that, but it is different in MMA. Um, you get someone as big and as strong as Usman with as good a top game, who, by the way, is also I know not not on the same level but is also a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So it's not like, you know, he's a blue or a purple belt. Yeah, and, yeah. You know. But you add in with his, you know, his far superior wrestling. And I think Usman is a judoka as well, a fairly he high is, level. Yeah. Um, I think that Burns wouldn't want to end up underneath him. And I know Burns put the beef on, but Usman is huge. But we thought that about Woodley, and then we saw Woodley and Burns together, and you're like, fuck. Yeah, I just think, I still think Usman will be the bigger man in there. Uh, yeah, probably, Woodley, but I don't think it'll look as bad as people think. 
Oh, what what do you mean? Like in terms of size difference? Oh yeah, yeah. no, no. Like I mean, Burns is like I just said, he's put the beef on. He has come up and seems to have done it. Well, I said the right way, you know. But he looks juicy, juicy. Let's just say that. Um, but I think Usman is about as big as he can be as a welterweight. Um, I'm picking Usman. I think. I just think he's in the run of form. I know they're both coming in in really good form. I just think Usman is better. Combined, if that makes sense. What I've seen of Burns is he is very good at implementing one part at a time. Whereas I think Usman is uh, in a position where he's elite and able to blend it together. Well, it'd be interesting too because Burns... I think it'll look a lot like what Usman did to Rafael Dos Anjos because I think Burns is quite like Dos Anjos now. I think Burns' grappling is better. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Obviously, like... Yeah, obviously, is be- you know, has better credentials grappling. But I'm just saying, like, the, he fights quite similar to how Dos Anjos yeah. would have fought. Um, I love Dos Anjos. Oh, everyone. He's another guy who does not get the respect he deserves. He is an, no. an all-time great. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I just... I think Usman will just... It could get ugly. Usman could go back to doing what he did before. He could hold Burns against the cage and Burns with all that extra muscle he's carrying now could you know burn out just fighting it <clears throat> and the thing is it's interesting being teammates because they'll all they'll know each other's tricks they know what they both like doing do you know what I mean it's like yeah it's like the uh Rashad John Jones fight back in the day like they'll know the the quirks and the go-tos so Super interested by this Agreed. fight. So, the card that just passed there, um, which was UFC, was supposed to be Fight Night Saskatoon. Obviously, it was in the Apex Center. <clears throat> like I said in the podcast last week, you know, one of the worst cards ever on paper. But, you know, they're normally the ones that are great. Because I think with the, with that, you know, you have, yeah, you have people fighting the... for jobs. You know, yeah. people fighting to build names and stuff. I stand by that it's the worst card they've ever put on. Now, not the I told you so brigade from Twitter who are like, see, it was great fights. Was never saying it's not going to be great fights. What I'm saying it was on paper, the the names they have down, ranking-wise, appeal-wise, you know. I mean, what it means for the next set of fights. Yeah, just it was. It's the weakest card they could have put on. There was no... Well, I suppose you could argue that Calvillo and Jessica I had title implications. Everything else, no one, no one's top, barely top ten. Never mind like top five. You know, there was some guys on the way up like Mirab Dashvili who looked good, but is still, if he's ranked, you know, he's in that top ten to fifteen. Like there just wasn't, there wasn't the appeal there. Doesn't like no. you said. Doesn't mean the bad fights, and the uh, the majority of them were exceptional fights so so the first three of them didn't even make it outside the first minute no so you'd uh christian aguilera aguilera yeah it's just like christina Christina aguilera's brother (laughs) sparked out anthony ivy in the first round i actually thought that might have been an early stoppage Um, 
I suppose, yeah, you could. Um, um, there's a case. But only a bit. I think yeah. that it would have. I think it would have still gone the same way, probably. But I think that that you know, it was the only if he won of the night to me. Um, Tyson Nam looked great. Oh my goodness, that one was absolutely killed. Uh, Arashev, like it was brutal. Um, I was talking. Arashev was, was the. You know, the glory kickboxer coming in. It's funny yeah. that like there's been a few who that just hasn't translated well, well across. Uh, Gokan Saki. I was going to say, Gokan Saki got annihilated. Now, I suppose the counter argument is that you've got Israel Adesanya, and that's fair enough. Yeah, that is true. Um, but Tyson Nam, it was, I was actually talking to my friend who was watching this with um, about this because it sounds like that's the danger when you throw leg kicks like that just hand down you know and his hand just didn't make it back up in time i think he just got biffed i think a lot of that as well is when they bring the hand up they're used to having the large glove to sort of you know to cover Mm -hmm. a lot of the face or head and it's just not there and i don't know why but kickboxing gloves always look way bigger to me than like boxing gloves yeah i don't know why it is i don't know if it's like the like if there's a slight difference in the glove but they always look like they're wearing big pillows then you watch pro boxing and you're like oh that's smaller yeah (laughs) well i think they might be i well i don't know i'm not clued up i know that pro boxing you can fight in as small as eights yeah and like an eight ounce boxing glove is small Um, that's weight class dependent isn't it well it's also just it can be independently negotiated i think as well um, I'm not heavyweights sh- in eight ounce gloves. I'm sure if you wanted to, you probably could. Give me some of that. Um, I'm not sure what size they fight in glory. Tens, maybe. They just look physically bigger. Yeah, I know what they mean. They look like puffy or something. Yeah, yeah, compared. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, beautiful performance from Tyson Nam, who I really like. Um, he's quite emotional after it. Uh, Julia Avila absolutely blitzed and destroyed Gina Mazzani in 22 seconds. Yeah. And the Mirab Vashvili fight, um, do you know, I know he dominated him, but I thought that Lopez actually did really well, considering he was a, you know, last-minute call-up. I thought he had a couple of moments where he looked decent, uh, you know, defended early on some of the takedowns well, and the first round, he had a nice, I think, a sweep or reversal, a couple of nice scrambles. I thought, like, fair play to Lopez. I mean, he got murked, but fair play to him. I thought that he... He did well as the scrappy underdog. Oh, yeah. I mean, God. Yashvili's the real deal, and his grappling is, well, looks kind of unstoppable at the minute. You know, broke his own record for for takedowns again. Um, he just needs a, a step up. He needs a name next. Like, he can't keep sort of fighting this level and looking outstanding like he needs a challenge now he called out sean o'malley uh that ain't gonna happen no uh, the ufc ha- them yeah far away from each other the ufc have something with o'malley and you're not gonna risk him with that um i'm not really sure who i'd like to see yashvili with uh, i'm just gonna look up the bantamweight rankings um, I thought the Ray Borg fight would have been interesting, but um, it's uh, disappointing for Ray Borg yet another. Um, yeah, I don't know what was wrong. Um, I assume it was family something. issues, apparently. Yeah, that guy just needs to retire. 
I don't know. I don't. Well, think he does so. because he said, "If I miss weight again, I'm going to retire." And then well, yeah, weight but... and then didn't retire, and then you know, it's mm. like if you can't miss weight. And look, I I'm not. I am empathetic towards. I'm sure he had a legitimate family issue, and I have no doubt that it was important. And I hope everybody in his family is okay and safe and well. But that is not the first time we've heard this from him. And you know, I think there comes a time where you kind of have to almost go. Do my circumstances allow this? You know, it's well, not he, like oh, you has, should retire. You know, but like, what else? Is he like saying retire? Well, what else does he do to support? His family, then, like this is his career. You can't just be like, right, well, you know, if, if, I, also, if, I, if I'm a, uh, let me think, if I'm an accountant and have a sick child, I can't just be like, right, well, done, done yeah, being an accountant you, because you I would, can't. You would, no, you would normally take time off work, you know, which is something that you can't really do, you know, because like you're saying about, well, what does he do? Well, he has yeah, to well, be well, allowed what, that, you know, yeah, like, yeah but so what circumstances would, yeah, but, can change. I, 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 I don't agree. I don't agree with you at all. There, I, I understand that. I don't think I, you can penalize him for this. Like, it's, your kid could become sick tomorrow, and you know that's just how it is. You just you have to no, deal I, with it. I, I understand that, but it it seems to be he's on almost unable to fight anymore. He fought you know? like two weeks ago. What sorry? He fought like two weeks ago. No, I know, but like, um, if you look at his run over, like, how many fights he's had lined up over the past three years that have fallen through between a bunch of different issues, not just family issues. You know, I'm not saying he should retire because he had a sick kid. I just think that, you know, for whatever reason, he's cursed. He can't seem to make weight. When he does, you know, fine, but he, he misses weight more than he makes it. He seems to have other factors going on in his life that maybe aren't facilitating his training which is probably partly to do with the weight cut as well so you know i think that for ray borg you know you're not going to contend for a belt again what's the point and also what you said no because i i mean we've talked about this before you can't you know you can't just be like well i'm not I'm not gonna be the. Cha- I'm not gonna fight for the belt anymore. So I'm gonna stop. Like this is a job. He needs to keep going. And in fairness, I'm just looking at his record. He's fought four times in the last year. So, you know, he's not that inactive. Yes, the weight obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. has been an issue. But you know what you were saying there about you know, <clears throat> it's still his job. Yeah. So it was also Mirab, Tavashvili's job, and he was lucky that they got an opponent for him. You know, like yeah, but that's 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 life. Like I'm not. That's the promotions problem. You know, like he's, he's What's more also the fighters problem. Yeah, but he's more than entitled to if your kid, I don't, I is sick or something, especially considering his child's. Well, I don't know what the health. issue was. To be I think fair. It, well, I think it was to do with his son. Um, that's more important. So, and I'm, well, I, yeah, I'm pretty no, sure Yashvili's no, is, is. not going to begrudge him. No, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that like, oh, your child was sick, you should retire. It just seems like he's had one excuse after the other, and uh, the 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 son one is different. I, I respect that, but you know, it just seems like he constantly has some reason not to fight. Now, I get what you're saying, and that he missed weight or uh, that he fought four times this year, but you know, there was weight misses, and there was oh, if I can't make weight, I'll retire, and he missed weight again. Like, <clears throat> I just think there's something up with him that. <laughs> It's 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 that one foot out the door thing, and I think that if his situation is one foot out the door, him, I just think he's got 
he's obviously trying to balance a lot. Um, I think fighting at bantamweight is the right choice considering he's at issue like big issues making flyweight. I don't think he's ever going back to flyweight. Um, I think he should realistically not have any issue making bantamweight continuously. I think yeah. the only time he really fucked up with his weight um, was his return fight after the couple of years off where he did miss bantamweight, but I think that was just way too much out of the swing of it, way too much going on. He probably shouldn't have taken that, that fight with Casey Kenny. Yeah. Um, but at bantamweight uh, since, he's been, he's been all right. He made an ill-fated attempt to get back down, and I just think that's... That's a fair enough one. I would be saying, nope, you're done at flyweight. Don't even ever consider it again. I, if I was the UFC, I would say, don't come asking for flyweight because we're not going to book you. Uh, if I was his coaches, I'd be telling them to forget it. You know, you've got enough going on. You can fight well at bantamweight without doing that to yourself. So, yeah. <clears throat> I, yeah. he's had it shit. I also, but I agree, you shouldn't have been saying things like oh if I miss weight again I'll retire blah 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 just think those things in general are stupid because as someone who's you know you've cut a bit of weight I've cut a bit of weight you know how difficult it is and how wrong it can go with like or we've been around enough people if it goes you know one tiny thing goes wrong it can throw it all off it's not really yeah indicative of how the whole thing is you know it's just saying things like that's stupid but well like yourself I wish well I hope whatever (laughs) his family issue is is resolved or works itself out. So. Women's flyweight up next, Maria Agapova and Hannah Cypher. She tapped uh, her in the first round. This was a mauling. Agapova looks decent. She really, really does. Uh, poor Hannah Cyphers. <laughs> I know. Just that's, a, that's a rough fortnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Agapova, Kazakhstan national boxing champion multiple times. Almost reminds me of like a flyweight frame of Jermaine Durand to me. She does physically look a good really bit like her. long and like she just, her boxing was crisp as fuck and um, and this is not her first submission victory either so clearly well-rounded. Now, I think that both submissions were rear naked chokes as far as I know um, and it looks like she uses her hands to create that. Like he, she blitzed Cyphers, jumped on her back, tapped her. Cyphers is an okay striker as well. Mm-hmm. The scary oh, thing, she's 23. Like ciphers? No, Agapova. Oh, Agapova. Yeah, no, she could be the real deal in a few years' time for sure. She well, that's the thing. Up. I really hope they don't rush her through, and then she's fighting Shevchenko in a year's time. You no, know, she called someone out, but I can't remember who it was. But I was like, yeah, no, I can get on board with that. But it was someone like reasonable, but I can't. Yeah, remember. unfortunately, can't remember. Um, bantamweight blokes up next. Uh, Jordan Espinosa surprised me uh, by putting a fairly handy batter in on Mark Delahousa. Yeah. I mean, Delahousa, he's on a bad run now. Um, it's tough as shit. He's decent everywhere. Um, I think he's probably had his last UFC fight. I think his that's chin's f- ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Like, you just couldn't put him away. I thought uh, Espinosa looked great. He did. Um, that's about all you can really say about that. I mean, f- men's flyweight is also um, thin. Yeah, um, men's featherweight up next, Andre Feely and Charles Jourdain. Um Feely has quietly become a 
super well-rounded, competent veteran. Yep, I agree with that. Feely gives anyone a tough fight. There was questions about his chin a while back, but it seems to have subsided a bit. Um, yeah, but I mean, he never gets stopped. Has he lost by knockout? <coughs> Sorry. Sorry, I just took a drink and it's got down the wrong way. Um, I yes. can't remember. I need to I'm check. just looking at his record. He lost. Yair knocked him out with a head kick <coughs> four years ago. But since then, he goes. I just vaguely remember him being like Tony Ferguson. Like that. Well, he got dropped in this fight as Dro- well. Yeah, yeah. But- dropped in every fight. He got dropped by a beautiful hook from what I remember in this yeah. fight. But Jordan looked decent too. Um, <clears throat> I was quite surprised to see Jordan respect to him whenever he got one side of the split <coughs> he that was like was, shaking yeah. his head but I did have him winning one of the rounds but I can't, I think it was either the first or the second it must have been the I first I think I did him the first because he, he dropped him in the first so yeah I think I had him gone, in the first but I didn't give him anything else no no um, you're right about Feely um, I, I think that you know probably deserves a, a, a better level of opponent next time out um, I mean I don't know who you'd look at putting him with, but you know you could look at someone like him and Yusuf, maybe Sadiq. He just fought Yusuf. He fought him. <coughs> oh, so he did. You're right. You're right. Um, um, Arnold Allen. Yeah, somebody like that. He sort of. He only really loses to like, you know. The, no, there is exceptions to the rule here, but he only seems to lose to like really, really, really good guys or high potential guys. Um. Yeah, Arnold Allen could be. Could be a good shot. Good shot. Um, um, Featherweight's just. It's, it's stacked. It's, you know where. Where do you see him? Um, Ran, uh, Ran Hall, Ryan Hall or Danny Gay maybe. Danny Gay makes sense. Yeah. Next fight up, lightweight, Charles Husa, or Charles Rusa and uh, Kevin Aguilar. First of all, Kevin Aguilar could fight at featherweight. Yeah, he looked, uh, he looked a bit soft. soft. Yeah, <clears throat> But there are guys that are just like that, so it's maybe a genetic thing. Yeah, well, you could argue that he, he won that fight as well. Um, it was close. It was close. It was close. Fair play to Charles Rusa. He's come back from... So did he break his neck? I, I don't know. He was a severe injury. He was told he'd never fight again anyway. Yes. So, um, oh yeah, I remember them talking about that. I cannot remember. Uh, next co-main was middleweight Carl Robertson, Marvin Vittori. Um, Robertson. This I was think it's it's a mental thing. This was a terrible fight for him. This lo- everything about this looked bad. The missed weight, the really poor grappling. He was just relying on explosiveness, and I mean. That's fine, but when you're fighting someone who's also a physical beast like Vittori, that's not going to work. And then we were talking about this off air. He just looked like he gave up. He gave up a good bit before he got tapped. Yeah. He was just, I think, waiting for the ref to save him. Didn't really offer anything. I think he needs to go back to the drawing board. Um. His ground game is a big weakness. You know, three losses in the UFC, all three submissions. <coughs> I think he got thrown in, and admittedly it was very late notice, thrown in way too early with someone like Glover Tejera. Um, Vittori looked great. He is an odd shape of a man. 
uh, claimed to have the best grappling in MMA or in the world, which uh, is Ludicrous. nonsense. <clears throat> but um, he's an interesting fighter. Um, I don't know how high his ceiling is. Um, I know he keeps going on and on about how you know he fought Adesanya to a split and thought that he beat him. And it was a close fight. I suppose the thing on his side is he's 26, which is super young for, you know, the middleweight division. Who do I see him up against next, or who would I like to see him against? Uh, Brad Tavares. Yes, that makes sense. Or yeah. Ian Heinish. Guy who, oh, no, Ian Heinish just got rebooked. Um, Uriah Hall. Is Uriah Hall booked? <laughs> yeah. Um, Omari Arkmedov would be another good one. Yeah. Um, I think he needs that. He needs a ranked opponent. Or uh, Christoph Jotko, who won a couple of weeks ago. That would be a good yep. one. Jotko makes sense. Um, but yeah, that but sort of 10 to 15, he needs to start getting, and I think he will after this, he needs to start getting uh, guys with numbers beside their names. I mean, he's still quite young. He's 26, you know, so he could, you know, also just, just a side note about his grappling. He's a brown belt, so we already know he's not the best in MMA. Oh, yeah, I mean... <clears throat> But from what we've seen, he is very good. You know, his, his jiu-jitsu game translates very well to his MMA game and adding that physicality. Now, the problem, which he might run up against as he moves up, is the physicality won't take him as far because middleweight is full of physical monsters with excellent grappling. But uh, that's why I think 10 to 15 is is the right sort of uh, yeah, next benchmark. step, yeah, next step for him. He's sort of he's proven he can handle the unranked guys pretty pretty competently. So main event, Jessica, I, Cynthia Calvillo. Um, also, just before we get onto this, <coughs> I had a bet on for, for 144 to one. No, sorry, 44 to one for Carl Robertson by KO and Calvillo by submission. Now. I knew that the Robertson one was a longer shot, but I still thought there was a chance. And to be fair, in the first minute, <laughs> there, <laughs> there, there may have been. Um, but once it got down to the ground, it was Foxville. Um, a disappointing performance from Calvillo in some ways and great performance in others. Um, I think it was a bit disappointing from her purely because I think that if I'm her coach, I'm saying there was definitely a cardio there was a noticeable cardio mm, difference she, she between the two off, of them. I think she dipped off in the fourth, but then I thought she brought it back for the fifth. She yeah, she did. Win. She did. Um, I thought it was a good performance by her. I thought she beat her everywhere. I don't think she beat her on the feet. Oh, I think she beat her on the feet. I think I did. Fuck all on the feet. Hit her arms a few times. Mm, yeah. If you go back, fair. if you go, like, I watched it twice for my sins. Um... I scored it for Calvillo. Oh, yeah, 100%. so did I. I have no idea how a judge give two rounds to Jessica. I could, you could argue one, but two is mental. Um, but, yeah, I think Calvillo beat her everywhere. I think the problem is Calvillo will oh. struggle with any of the, the upper echelon of the division. Will she? I don't think she will. Because <laughs> I think, well, apparently Jessica was the number, outside of Shevchenko, this is the best they have. Supposedly, yeah, I, I know, but I think I women's flyweight is the weakest division in the UFC. It is terrible. Fuck it, give her you know 
Chicago. That's that's the only fight which makes or sense. Modafferi. Well, Modafferi. Modafferi's fighting this weekend. Oh, yes. Next yeah, weekend. Yeah. Next weekend. Um, Jessica is turd. She is, and I know it's not cool to bash people and keep going back at them, but like I'm just, I'm so unconvinced by her. I don't know how she ended up where she was ranked. I don't think, she, I don't think she's great at anything. I don't think she's good at anything. Um, I said you like she's now what? Uh, hold on, I'll work out a record here. One, two, three, four, five. What? She's five eight, five eight and one in the UFC. And if you took away the split decisions, and some of them, I'm pretty convinced she didn't win. I had, I'd like her last fight scored for a Rojo. I had her losing to Chicagoan. I can't remember the the Faria split decision, but it's, so even if you take those away, you could be looking at someone who's what two ten and one, and or th- you know three nine and one being generous. She's yeah. just she's not there. She's not at that level. I'm like I know she's got an inspiring story with the the car accident and told she couldn't do this and that. And that is great. It really is. But she's just not at the, not at this level. I tweeted out and I had a wee bit of resistance uh on Saturday that if she went back up to women's bantamweight, she would not be a top fifteen fighter. Or she would struggle to break into the top fifteen. But yet she's the number one flyweight. And she just got beaten handily by Cynthia Calvillo, who struggled to break in at uh, Strawweight. Yeah. Who came up and put a whooping on her, quite frankly. She was lucky she wasn't... She just, you know, she was just holding on and trying to survive, you know, holding on to Calvillo's arms on the ground. Like, there was no real, like, defense. It was just holding on until the round ended. She's just... I, I just don't... I don't see it. I think it just shows how weak f- women's flyweight is. Shevchenko is... I mean, like, how do you think Cynthia Calvillo does against Shevchenko? Because if it's anything other than Shevchenko annihilating her, oh, you're she, wrong. She'd destroy her. <laughs> yeah. It's just... I, it's crazy. It's the weakest on paper UFC main event I think I can remember. Yeah, yeah, but it was still a great card. In oh yeah, event. great, in great card, great fight. I enjoyed it, and even the, the the main event like was an enjoyable fight. I thought Cynthia Calvillo looked great. I'm in no way poo-pooing her performance. It's more just of an overall observation of the state of the division. But I thought she looked great. You couldn't. I don't think you could really, other than a finish. I don't think you really could have asked anything more from Cynthia Calvillo. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So. This week's card uh, is a beast, and it's so nice because the main card is on at one. Oh, oh is it? Yeah. Oh, I did not know this. Hallelujah. Yep. Prelims, 10 o'clock, main card, one. <coughs> so hopefully, hopefully the coronavirus is fucked off enough that we might actually be able to reunite and have a wild night. And by wild, I mean probably eat too much food and get comfy on a sofa. Well, the cool thing is, because I have a spare room now, which I didn't have before, means we can drink. 
Oh, yeah. Mm, something we've never been able to do mm. before because one of us was always driving. Usually you. Yeah. So, decent enough card. Um, I think this is a sleeper card, actually. I was going through topology earlier and doing my picks, and I was like, oh, that's a good fight. Oh, that's also a good fight. I uh, didn't know that was happening. That's a good fight. I think that, uh, like, this card, top to bottom, is pretty, pretty yeah, interesting. It's great. Um, we'll just run off the fights. Um, we'll make predictions on the main card. If there's any of these that you want to comment on, go ahead. Um, Juselaki and Austin Hubbard, Roxanne Modafferi and Lauren Murphy, which is actually a good fight. That's um, a good fight. Matt, Matt Frivola fighting Frank Camacho, which I really like as a fight. Yep. Um, Courtney Casey, the woman who's almost hot, versus Gillian Robertson. <laughs> Do you Gillian know what Rob- I mean, though? Yeah, I sort of get what you mean there, yeah. Gillian um, Robertson's going to tap her out, by the way. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, Gillian Robertson's Instagram is odd. Really? I've never been on it. When, yeah, w- what she, way? She's very... It's like she's like quite provocative, but she's not like Paige Van Zandt, if you know what I mean. Like as in... Right, okay. She's not a bad-looking girl at all, but... I, I, if, uh, I'm trying to think of the a, a, a correct way to say this. <laughs> you backed yourself into a corner now. Right. Well, like <laughs> you obviously have a number for yourself, right? Out of ten. Twelve. Right? So I'm like a solid six, right? Yeah. Um. But I wouldn't post on Instagram like I was an eight. Okay, if that yeah. makes sense. So okay. it's just just maybe maybe a little bit. Uh stretching but at the same time she is not a bad looking girl um so fair play whatever makes you happy um successfully mark, dodged <laughs> yeah mark andre barrio versus oscar pierce shooter uh tisha torres versus brianna van buren um yeah that's a good fight um it is. i think people under tisha torres first of all need to win like crazy is what she's on a four or five fight skid but she's... Who was what we were talking about earlier? can't remember. We were saying the same thing. and I think it was Feely. Tough fight for anyone. But the elite sort of beat them. I think yep. Tisha Torres is exactly that at women's strawweight. That is a great analogy. Um, the next fight at lightweight, Clay Guida and Bobby Green. That is a great fight. <clears throat> it is a great fight. That's <laughs> guaranteed chaos. Yeah. I... Ooh. Bobby Green. I think Bobby Green... I was about to say he could knock him out, but like Clay Guida very rarely gets knocked out. And Bobby Green does get wrestle fucked a bit. And mm. if someone can keep the pace on him, it's Clay Guida. How the fuck? Like, I love that Clay Guida is still going. Just under the radar. Just been in the UFC for what, 14 years? His first fight in the UFC was Din Thomas. Or Din that's, Thomas? Like, that's so long ago. Yeah. It is. It's like 14 years. That's crazy. He has fought everyone. And plus, he's just one of the coolest dudes ever. Yeah, he really is. The carpenter. is. Was he a carpenter? I used to know the reason he was called the carpenter. I cannot remember now. Let's hope that he was. I could just see him making wardrobes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you could do sitting in a spare time <coughs> in a wee workshop in his garage, just using well, he's a the lathe. Dude. He's just he lives the dude life. Yeah, I would imagine he smokes some amount of marijuana. No, him? I, know, I, know. I don't see it. No, um, that he's probably like straight edge or something. Now we just don't know. Sh- 
shit, this card's good. Isn't it? Um, catch me at fight between Jim Miller and Roosevelt Roberts. This fight is ridiculous. Fuck me. Roosevelt Roberts won excellent in his last fight, which was which felt like yesterday when he beat up Brock Weaver. Jim Miller is some step up, though. Good Lord. Jim Miller's an animal. I'm actually, I think this might be too soon for him. It could be. Like, I could see Jim Miller tapping him. Yeah. I don't think Roosevelt Roberts has the the one-punch power sort of threat that sort of, like, could undo Jim Miller. And he doesn't have the offensive wrestling to worry him there. Like, Roosevelt Roberts is great everywhere, and he could piece him up. But I think Miller's savvy enough striking. Roberts doesn't have enough power. And Miller, if it goes to the ground, probably has his number because Jim Miller's ground game is ridiculous. And the only person who taps him is, uh, what do you call him? Charles Oliveira. I, yeah. I'm thinking Jim Miller, and I'm going to be very interested in the betting odds for this because I think people will be high on Roosevelt Roberts. And rightfully <laughs> so. Great prospect. I think this might just be a bit early. There's a big step up. You've saved me going off on a monologue because that's literally exactly how I see it as well. So, no. um, perfecto. Next fight, also a banger. Bilal Muhammad versus Lyman Good. <sighs> yep, Bilal Muhammad has struggled with big hitters. Lyman Good has struggled with grapplers. I'm, Lyman Good is a big hitter and Bilal Muhammad is a grappler. Yep, I am going Muhammad, I think. Lyman Good... He's been on the way down for, well, I don't know. He's been hit and miss. I just think Muhammad's more well-rounded, could handle him. Uh, I think Muhammad taps him. That's what I'm going for. Fair point. Um, Bantamweight, Raquel Pennington versus Marion Renault. That's a big step down for Pennington. It is, but she kind of needs it. I yep. mean, agree. Although, like, I mean... Her last fight against Holly Holm was, with I think without exaggeration, possibly one of the worst UFC fights ever. Like yeah. literally nothing happened. But Holly Holm is at the elite of the division. I think Pennington wins a fairly handy decision over Renault. Yeah, I would have thought so. Just boxes her up. Uh, next fight, which I don't know how the fuck I missed. I Friend love of the podcast, this fight. Josh Emmett versus Shane Burgos. Fuck. Yeah, this fight is mental. That's a crazy, crazy Shane Burgos has looked ridiculously good in his last few. And Josh Emmett puts people to sleep. I think I'm picking Emmett to knock him out. You know, remember when Qatar caught Burgos? He can be caught. And Josh Emmett, like he said himself, I think is... uh, one of, if not the biggest hitter at featherweight. Yeah. The yeah. size difference should be interesting because Burgos is tall and rangy and Emmett is a tank. So yeah. I suppose that could be the worry for Emmett in that Burgos could use that range to stay on the outside. But Emmett's, always, Emmett's been quite successful in finding a way in. Yes, he has. Um, and he's a good wrestling base as well that he can bully his way make it a yeah. dirty fight yeah so I, i'm gonna pick emmett by by knockout 
I think I would favour Emma by knockout as well. Uh, main event. Another friend, another of, the friend of the podcast, yeah. yeah. Curtis Blades. Um, so obviously, if those people at listening do not know, we've had both Josh Emma and Curtis Blades on the show, as well as Forrest Griffin, Johnny Walker, John Fitch. Um, hopefully, we've got some more stuff in the pipeline, so stay tuned. Um, Curtis Blades versus Alexander Volkov. Uh, strange fight because of where Blades is in his ranking and career. I think other than I think he's the th- what the third or well the fourth best heavyweight in the world at the minute. Yeah. Um, I think Volkov is tough and obviously is a stylistic problem for most people. Being s- such a good striker, so rangy, tall. Um, I think Blades puts him on his back early and mauls him. I'm going for a Blades either first or second round uh, ground and pound TKO win. I think Blades overreams him. Yeah, I think something like that. I know Blades is great on the feet. I mean, like in his last fight, he knocked out what Junior DeSantos on the feet. So, yep. huge man, hits hard. Technically, obviously, I think, you know, he's made leaps and bounds with striking, but you would still think that, you know, Volkov is a more technical striker, maybe, or maybe a more traditional technical striker, uses yeah. range really well. But I just think the youth, physicality, uh, explosiveness, yeah, in the wrestling, I think this is Blade's fight to lose, but I, I don't think he will. Um, and then he'll be on a, what, four or five fight win streak? He's in that funny position in that Mr. Nganu is waiting for a title fight and his only losses are the two to, to him. So, you mean, he can't... As as much as I like Curtis Blades, he can't jump over Nganu in the rankings or the pecking order with a win. No, no. He's in a, and he's in a difficult, like, holding pattern. I think heavyweight really in is. general is in a difficult holding pattern until well, we get... Steep ADC three, and even when we get it, I mean, we've That's said before, we think both of them are probably done. So, well, let's say Steep A's not right. You mean what are you doing, Ganu Steep A again? If he wins, you have to. But have here's to. the question: Let's say DC wins, right? Yep. Tires rides off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. What do you do then? Do you I, do Steep A and Ganu anyway? Yeah, I think yes, I think so. Yeah. If whoever stays, if one of them retires after winning, then the other one has to fight in Ghana for the belt if they don't both retire. And I mean, you could put forward an argument that if they both retire, you could have in Ghana Blades 3 for the belt. Could do. I don't like it, but you, I mean, it kind of is the right fight, isn't it? Ranking-wise, yeah. Um, I suppose the big... I don't know, cloud looming over this as if, although I don't think it's going to matter now because I think it's taken a different turn. So it's for a while it was, you know, if John Jones comes up to heavyweight, but I think that's off the off the table for a bit. So um, trying to think at heavyweight, who else is there? I mean, like it has to be Francis and someone else. But heavyweight, let's see. Yeah, Curtis is is ranked third at the minute. You couldn't. There's no one else there, you know. 
Derek Lewis isn't in that mix. DeSantos isn't there. Rosenstreich just lost badly. Volkov, obviously. If Volkov wins, you know, he's a contender again, but I just don't see it. Overeem surging again, but I still think he's a winner too away from any title conversation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, I don't like Blades and Ganu 3 this soon, but you might be backed into a corner where that's the only realistic fight you can do. True that. Well, that is the uh, the card for this week. So nice it's on a slightly more reasonable time. But um, yeah, what are your plans the rest of the day, brother Matt? I am heading your direction and probably going to go for a walk along the beach as the weather is lovely. Summer has truly arrived. Uh, go see some family and have a dander along the beach with my uh, daughter. Sounds you might pretty perfect. Rethink that, my friend. Oh, what's wrong? Well, what's the weather doing where you are? Uh, the sun is shining in my window. <laughs> the weather is poop here. Oh, uh, really? It's uh, not raining, but it's all murky and breezy and grey. Well, I don't know then, because you've just shit all over my day. All oh, right, yeah, it's entirely my fault. It of is. Course. Yeah. You're probably doing some sort of. Well, you know me, dance. me and Thor, good friends. Yeah. So just getting him to fuck around with the weather. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's see. I'm just actually looking at the weather. Today's weather podcast brought to you by. Um. I mean, it is gonna get hot again, so you should be good. You from it should be 17 degrees in the next hour or two. So you you might you might be good. Yeah. And then tomorrow's the rain. Boo! Boo! That's so crap. I'm like, going that's one of the things I'm worried about, about the running. I don't know. Yeah, running in the rain's fine. I'll tell I you what I'm going to do today, actually. And this is... I'm just turning into an old man. I'm going to go look for a hedgehog house. So last night, I was talking to you on the phone. And as I was locking up everything, putting the dog out to go to the toilet, just before bed, what do I see? Big old hedgehog just in my my patio so put some food out for him and now i in my mind i've adopted him so sonic needs a new house well that is a great name it's the only name why don't you like literally just build one because as you know my diy skills are beyond limited as is my access to tools if only you knew someone who had tools and good DIY skills, right? That is true. Uh, well, I may employ your services. Do you, you want me to come up tomorrow and build a hedgehog house? <laughs> that would be incredible. Yeah, just, well, let's do it. Claire, my wife, is like, oh, you don't want them. They're just gross rodents. And I was like, how what? dare you? Hedgehogs are, hedgehog. hedgehogs are one of the coolest creatures ever. They are so good. I literally, as I was lying in bed last night, I was going deep down the internet wormhole of how to how to get, you know, the ideal environment for hedgehogs because I was like, eh, there's a couple of cats around my way. And I was like, I'd be I'd be gutted if I saw like, like the cat had killed the hedgehog. Can a cat fuck up a hedgehog though? Yeah, I think a cat can fuck up most things, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, I get that because like they're super powerful and if you scale them up, they'd be ridiculous. But like... Fuck cats, by the way. Dogs for life. Oh, dogs are way better than cats. Like I, I'm one of the, the, the unusual people that doesn't like i i like both but i don't love cats i adore i can dogs. appreciate that a cat can be cute but they're just 
dicks. Some of them can be nice. Like my mate's cat Ninja is like he's an absolute beast. Like he's more like a dog in terms of like shape and size. He's like <laughs> he's built like Brock Lesnar. But uh, <laughs> Ninja is a really cool cat. I, at the ones I don't like are the ones that like scratch at you. But like even if it's out of affection, it's like no, like I just want to give you a wee pet. When I was in Amsterdam last time, the 420 Cafe, you wonder what they sell there. Um, Cookies. They actually, no, it's not. It's De Kroon. It's called De Kroon. Um, they have uh, a cat in the cafe, and it just sits and curls up with all the stoners. It's probably blazed out of its tits. Like, so it just I hate cat time. hair. It's just, yeah. I just don't like cats. Yeah, they can't be trusted. I think they that's can't. That's it. They're issue. shifty bastards. They really are. They're like they're always up to something. Yeah, they are. But they hundred percent are. And the thing I I kind of admire about them though is like you can steal someone else's cat just by leaving food out the back because the cat will be like, right, well, fuck you. This person no, because they're food dirty me. whores. Yeah, they, oh, they have are. no loyalty. They're furry prostitutes. Exactly. Fuck them. You don't want a bunch of dirty furry prostitutes hanging around your your back door. So what is a hedgehog house like? What what do you have to put in it? What size does it need to be? I'm just curious needs to, about this now. Yeah, is well, it like a hutch? Sort of. Yeah, it just needs to have a small enough opening that a hedgehog can get in, but other predators can't. And then you can fill it with like straw and stuff for obviously not now, but so that they can hibernate in it over winter. That's dope. Yeah, so I'm gonna have I'm the hedgehog so on board for this. The hedgehog hotel. Pictures oh, to follow. That is so good. Yeah. No, I'm I'm 100. This board. boy was. And I'm assuming he's a boy. He was a chunky hedgehog. I actually thought, Thick. well, I turned the, the outside light on and I was like, someone left, like, it looked like an NFL football in my back garden. <laughs> and then, it, you know, when you like you turn the lights on and it sees you and you see it and you both sort of freeze. I was like, ah, oh. and then he scuttered off. But I left a bunch of uh, Gus's, I looked it up quickly, dog food out, uh, crunched up biscuits, left it out, but he wouldn't come back over, so I went to bed, and when I went down this morning, it was all eaten and gone, so I just reaffirmed my position that, yep, the Hedgehog Hotel is going to be open for business pretty soon. Multi-story. Could do multi-story. At Where least you put it? You just put it in your back garden. That's so dope. But it needs a it needs a floor so the earth doesn't you know like when the earth gets saturated underneath it, so it's all nice and cozy. Yeah, yeah. No, so we'll yeah, be make, we'll be the things the things you you find out like before yesterday, did I know? Did I give a shit? No. Someone said hedgehog. I'm like, eh, hedgehogs are cute. But now I'm invested. There's a hedgehog who lives in my garden or nearby. I do that all the time, like wormholes. Uh, where oh like, yeah, I'll be watching something or like I'll see something. And it'll be like, wonder how that works. Oh, and yeah, then, I'm yeah. the exact same. And now I'm 100% invested. <laughs> That's exactly it. What was it the other day? Yeah, we were talking about, um, my dad and I were talking about uh, the, the materials he used in, like car exhausts. And he mm-hmm. was like, some catalytic converters are worth a lot of money on scrap. And I was like, bollocks. It's like just part of an exhaust, like probably worth what, a tenner? He was like, no, no, fuck no. He was like, there's like platinum and all in it. And I was like, yes, they're bollocks. And then I'm like, right. And then I'm like <laughs> looking up, what do they use to make catalytic <laughs> converters? And looking up the like precious metals they use. It's mad. Did then you looking know? up scrap yards you can go to. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. And cars, I can just steal them off. Like, <laughs> do you see uh, platinum, right? 
Mm-hmm. There's only a an Olympic size swimming pool. Oh, if you melted the whole world supply down, yeah, yeah that's it's, it. It's crazy. But how do the how the fuck do they know that? Yeah, I don't know. How do you know that? I have no idea. No idea. Same with gold. Well, I suppose I mean someone will have just worked out an an equation and estimated it. You know, like there's literally it's an immeasurable unit. We well, predict. Look at- if you look at the process, right, to get gold, like there's a show on TV where they like go to rivers and like fish for gold and whatever, right? Do the fish. seven. Yeah. <laughs> How the hell did that process become like gold? Obviously, is precious metal has been forever, but how the hell did people like start doing that and then go? Do you know what? This is worth money because we just decided it was worth money. It's so weird, isn't it? Well, I suppose I suppose the scarcity of it, yeah, but like was helps it, us decide that it's valuable. If the I mean, like you know, so if you look at fire, right, and the caveman creating fire, mm-hmm. like fire is a natural phenomenon. So they probably saw fire and were like, right, we need to figure out how to do that shit. Cause that yeah. shit's mad, bro. Um, that is some fire shit. That is lit. <laughs> um, but with gold, it's like, how were they like? What's that fleckling in the water? I'm going to go get my sieve. I need to go get a <laughs> sieve. And then once you've got a sieve, do you know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to melt this all down. Like, how I'm going to make rings process? out of it. Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah. make rings and coins. You know, how the hell did that process come to be? I don't know, I suppose. It was just like early humans were a bit like magpies. Just, ooh, ooh, shiny. Shiny. Yeah, yeah, want it. Oh, what's well, that shiny thing you've got? I want some of that. Well, you can have it for some other shiny things. Yeah, if you give me food and shelter, yeah. you can have this this golden coin. Uh, I think that wraps up today's educational podcast for you all. So, um, hedgehog houses and gold, it is. Hedgehog houses and bling. I think we've got the episode name. I think, we yeah, we combine those and just make a, well, maybe not solid gold, because it'll be quite expensive, obviously. Solid gold hedgehog house, plus not particularly warm. Wanted to be warm. But uh, mm. I definitely think sort of maybe like a gold trim. Or interior? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, we could do, like, gold leaf wallpaper. I think the podcast should sponsor it as well. The Super Ad MMA Hedgehog Hotel. Exactly. It's got a good ring to it. I'll give it that. So, yes, if you enjoyed today's show, please make sure you are liked, shared, subscribed on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Super Ad MMA. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Super Ad MMA Show. Have we broken the 2000 mark yet oh yeah oh yeah it's in the rear view mirror now my goodness so yeah over 2000 followers so jump on board that's where we do most of our discussion you're more than likely going to find us there you can find us at super mma show on instagram as well um i will put links uh on our well, i suppose i'm gonna have to do it on our instagram as well uh, and facebook and twitter as to where you can sponsor me for the 100 miles to raise money for alzheimer's and dementia uh, society which i do great work with people with the condition and their family so really good cause and you can keep track of how the runs are going and watch my body slowly fall apart over 30 days so watch yeah. you get them them abs true deal true that i should probably take some photos today of my belly that's what the people want they want to see them ab shots that's it and jillian robertson will be commenting on your instagram being like this guy's a bit fucking weird Taking yeah. pictures of his abs. Look at this, this six out of ten thing. The six out of ten thing, and he's an eight. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else to add, bro? No. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> we should have just ended the podcast there and then I'll no. start. No. Boom. <laughs> right. Peace and love, guys. Bye.